Sometimes, believe it or not, Josh and I don't agree on everything. Uh, yeah, we do. No, we don't. Uh, sometimes we do. <laughs> not always. <laughs> now, now that we've mimicked how, how four-year-olds disagree on things, there's many things that we may disagree on as human beings. Actually guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. I've found that I actually disagree with myself a lot of times. <laughs> That's a good place to work through in my life. But because Josh and I have had a long-standing uh, good relationship as friends, we want to talk today about a very practical topic called how to disagree, and really more how to disagree well, today on Curiosity Continuum. everybody this is josh and this is brian thank you for joining us today on curiosity continuum for those of you tuning in for the first time curiosity continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity help you integrate information and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world we're going to do this by sharing conversations with you explore examine and reframe common practical topics if you want to receive updates when new content is available, please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can receive notifications when there's something new to listen to. We appreciate you and thank you for engaging with us and sharing your own curiosities with your friends and with us as we explore topics together. And as always, you guys can find us on curiosity.com and from there you can link out all of our socials. You can even listen to the show right in your browser. You don't even have to subscribe. But um, and we thrive on your feedback, so we hope to start a conversation with you guys soon. The conversation today we, that we did agree on was how to disagree and how to disagree well. It's easy to disagree poorly. Oh, this yeah, is, and it's easy to get angry fast, and that's the poor part of it. <laughs> yes. It requires you to bring the benefit of the doubt and a lot of grace to the table. Now, we live in an age especially where... Um, people talk about just letting you express yourself and be yourself, but then there's an entire dynamic of cancel culture and like almost like a religion of perfectionism that you screw up one time in your life and then you are screwed for the rest of your days because yeah. of that. Yeah, and especially with the advent of social media and anonymous type of you know people talking back and forth, I think that that has gotten it's kind of amplified some of those voices, maybe the smaller smaller percentage of people get amplified on social media because instead of you just being able to say, well, whatever, you have to listen to him. <laughs> or at least you have to have the wherewithal to kind of like skip past them, you know? Yeah. It's not like like when we were on playground in school, you know, Brian, we, if we disagreed with some kid and we didn't have to see him, you know? But sometimes <laughs> if, you, if you're disagreeing with somebody and, it, and it's like, they're not doing it right. Like they're not talking to you. They're just trying to impose their will on you all the time. You have to like actively block somebody or, yeah. you know, it, it gets difficult for sure. Especially in the age of cyberbullying, mm -hmm. you know, like, like Josh said. So if there was somebody and it, look, I had folks who would just want to mess with me to mess with me and not in, in any like just kidding sort of ways, like in serious sort of ways, you could, Try to physically avoid them and you'd probably be okay. They didn't have your phone number. They didn't know where you lived. But now you have a phone or something and those people drop into your inbox or they 
comment you have, on something. Or you have a Facebook page, and they're always on Facebook. And, you know, you can block somebody, but then they'll make another account. And, you know, it's like you can't get away. Yeah. So part of that really can wear on people. And, you know, Josh, if I characterize most of social media, it is not I want to listen it's I want to say something. Yeah, I want to yell from the rooftop and you're going to listen. Like yeah. Thing. yeah. And, and the good news is that those type of platforms can also give a voice to people who maybe didn't have one. Oh, yeah. They're, they can be great, yes. But it also can really nurture poor listeners. <laughs> poor <laughs> listeners, probably... which, which in a way is nurturing a way to disagree poorly. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a disagreement, right, Brian, like, I think we're, this is what we're getting to with this episode. First of all, you have to know you have the disagreement, right? <laughs> right. Because yeah. some people will say something and you just will, won't even respond to them. Yes. Because you'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm just going to let that slide, you know? Yeah. And what, what you want to do, I think often, if you disagree or it rubs you the wrong way, you want to dismiss somebody and stop listening. How to disagree well? Tip number one. <laughs> which may be if the only tip you take away from this whole thing is to truly listen. Now that's right. tough Two words, like just listen. And when you say just in front of any word, you know, it's always loaded with other things, which we'll probably talk about now for the next 30 to 45 <laughs> seconds. But you know, it really matters and it's yeah. hard, especially like if somebody's saying something and all you want to do is shut them up biting your tongue and actually trying to listen into something is man, hard. That's a lifelong pursuit. Right. And this is what we're kind of getting at too, is that this is not, this is why like children have difficulty with these kind of things, because this is difficult to do. It takes a lot of experience for you to be able to listen and to listen well. So it's not just like listening to get them to be able to be quiet. So then you can talk, but it's, it's truly listening to somebody and then breaking down what they're saying and then you asking thoughtful, provoking questions or, you know, retorting with your own opinion and then mm -hmm. them listening to you. So it has to go both ways. Otherwise, it's just not going to be productive for anybody, really. Here's a great example of how to disagree poorly is any election political <laughs> debate that's happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ever. Yeah. You're so concerned. The other the candidates are so concerned about talking the person down, or and then talking themselves up. Yes, yeah. please, for the love, don't pattern your <laughs> your listening after political debates ever. Oh my goodness, don't do it. With disagreeing well, it's okay to not have an answer. Now that rubs against people's pride, right? Because you feel like if you disagree, you have to say something. Because something rises up in you, it could be a, a philosophical... A moral, moral stance or something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, have you ever asked a question, I wonder how they got to that place in their life, for good, bad, or otherwise? And I think it's important to listen, and then when you listen, ask those questions. And the questions, like for example, like I ask, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out why the other person thinks what they think. Because I think, and I know this for a fact... That maybe you two aren't that far apart on some things, but they're just trying to get to a different, they get there a different way than you would. I was listening to a story about a guy who became homeless, 
And when he shared about how he became homeless, I realized that, man, I was one decision away or one moment away in my life <laughs> being homeless in that same position. Yeah. And this guy owns a place called the cookery in Nashville off 12th Avenue South. And he basically was homeless. He became not homeless, but this, uh, this, uh, place actually is giving homeless people jobs. I think it's really cool. This is a great story. People say, man, that's an amazing story. It's like, how could you do such a thing? But when you realize like, man, and it is, I don't want to in any way take away from the remarkableness of the story. But if you look at it, go, man, that could have been me. If my situation was just this, if it was this particular job didn't come through or my situation was different growing up, you know? Yeah. And I think Brian's touching on a good point here. He's touching on the, the empathy that somebody should have. When you are listening to somebody, you got to put yourself in their shoes. You got to try to understand why they understand that way. Otherwise, you guys are like, when I say guys, people, you know, when people are disagreeing, they're never going to come to any kind of consensus. And sometimes it's a compromise, right? I mean, sometimes when you disagree, as I always hear, you know, you always hear people say, well, let's agree to disagree on this, which basically means I'm not changing my mind and neither are you. So we're just not going to talk about it anymore. Right. Which is, is kind of a poor way to end a, a disagreement, really. Because no side is giving up anything. Right. But if you can understand one another, that may right. be okay. Yeah. But and it, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And there are moral questions or something that maybe is like totally against the fiber of your being that you're not going to change on, but somebody else will. But at least you guys listen to each other. And I think right. if you if you end a conversation like that, like you've listened to each other and you said, you know what, let's just, I'm not going to agree with you on this, but I know you're not going to agree with me either, but we can still move forward as people. Yes. That's the agree to disagree. There, There is a, a difference of mindset. Is your goal to win the person or is your goal to win the argument? Now, here's a practical example in the life of Brian. <laughs> uh, I'm married to a wonderful woman and I love being right. I'll just say it. And he and loves she, the last word. I know yes, that for a fact. I do. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the podcast listeners who... <laughs> subjected to that and Josh's patience with me on that. I want to be right. I don't want to be wrong. And I want to prove to you that I'm right. And you know what? I have lost more relational ground with my wife trying to prove myself right <laughs> than to win the person. I mean, really? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I'm like compromising my position. But what's my goal? Because I have totally lost my wife sometimes in those those moments. And I'm like, yeah, I won. It's like, great, Brian, what it cost you? And it's like, oh, yeah, that was that worth it? You have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Thanos with the snap. You know, what, it, <laughs> what, what did it cost you? You know, everything, you know? I mean, really, like sometimes, sometimes, like Brian said, is the goal to win the argument and to be like that chest-thumping thing, that pride thing? Or is your goal to actually have humility and... Maybe see that maybe you weren't right to begin with, which it comes with age. And I know I'm not, we're not old, like Brian and I are not old, but even 10 years ago, I didn't do that very much. <laughs> you know, like I, I wanted to be right too. And I'd have arguments with, I had argument with my father-in-law once about something I knew I was right with, but he was like, no, you're wrong. And I'm, I actually went to the internet at one point and printed out the thing that said I was right. I just left it on his wallet 
when I before I left. <laughs> and I didn't have a conversation with them. Now today I wouldn't do that. I would just be like, whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, that kind of stuff and the humility comes with experience too, you know. Yeah, there are some some people, and and we all hit these places where you actually may not want to hear the truth or hear hear facts. Right now, right. people might say, "Well, then, see, you're just not living in reality," and blah blah blah. It's like here's the reality, really. Is that we all have areas where we're we're blind, maybe a little ignorant. Sometimes you may not even want to be there. Uh, there was a really interesting story about um, Jay Warner Wallace, who he was a he's a detective for the Los Angeles Police Department. Uh, you know, atheist for most of his life, and then he f- became a Christian. And he said, as he worked kind of through his whole way of like, let's actually examine the Bible in a forensic sort of way, and let me actually put it to the test. He said he ran up into something why he didn't want to, uh, you know, look at Christ the way that he, he found the evidence to is because he said he realized that he didn't want Jesus. And that was the, the objection. He said, but it, it was a realization like, hey, I don't believe there's a God, but I'm actually resisting God and I don't want it to be God, even if I find the evidence there. We're not sometimes ready to hear the truth. We're not sometimes ready to accept those different kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, um, it's kind of like, you know, Roswell, 1947, come on, tell us the truth. <laughs> um, what actually happened, but people aren't ready for it. So no, but I mean, like, that's not what we're talking about, but I'm going to edit that out. I think, but <laughs> no, that's actually good. Let me, I, I should almost rephrase like the a other government one. conspiracies. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me back up. I'll give us a couple options here. Okay. <laughs> cause I like your Roswell thing. <laughs> You got to keep it in there because it's like a heavy moment and then you break it up. So Yeah. Sometimes you're not ready as a person to actually hear the truth emotionally. Now, people, you can argue like, well, just because you don't want to accept it doesn't mean it's not true. Okay, fine. But that, does that mean that that person's world has changed? There's reasons why somebody may not want to hear, hey, isn't Christmas the most wonderful time of the year? Because it might represent that a loved one died. Or there's some other thing that's going along with it. There's a lot of relational complications when it comes to family. And when you say the word family, that doesn't mean something to everybody else. So when somebody says, isn't family wonderful? The person may not be ready to hear that because maybe all they've seen is a, a abusive, dysfunctional situation where like, oh, I don't even want to hear the word. And you have to listen to them to understand that where they are and meet them where they are. Right. So Brian, what are the... What are the kind of takeaways from this whole thing about disagreements? Do you think people could take with them? Like a few few key points, listening, obvious, yeah, and context of that. Going humble, listen more than you speak. Don't always feel like you need to give an answer, and try to win the person, not the argument, always. So I think this is a good place to put a comma in the conversation, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh for Curiosity Continuum. And and Brian, don't say it, man. I got the last word. Uh, <laughs> no, nope, no, nope, I'm getting the last word. It's me. I won. Uh, I won. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.